All right, folks, we've got a special interview today. We're here with Jacob Feely. Jacob Feely here and Frank. I forgot Frank's with us. Frank going to sit in with us. Maybe we'll hit him with a few questions. But uh, Jacob's come in for this uh, championship night. He was part of the 2011 championship team at Picayune. Went on to uh, play ball at East Mississippi and Ole Miss. So thanks, Jacob, for uh, joining us. Yeah, how's it going? Yes. Glad to be here. So Ricky's here, too. Ricky may ask a few questions. But uh, – Jacob, I know you did an interview the other day and you talked more about just the 11 season, but I thought me and Ricky would go at it a little different. Um, talk about your time growing up in Picayune and playing ball out at, uh, did you play out at Friendship Park and what all you did till you got into school? Yeah, growing up in Picayune, I mean, football was obviously a big part of my life. Uh, and I think it's kind of just a big part of the community. I mean, all the way back to PYAA. Um, I play with most of the same guys in PYAA that I played with in junior high and then the ninth grade team and then all the way to high school. Um, I mean, not always on the same team in terms of little league, but we always played against each other. And I mean, that league, I don't know kind of where it's at now, but that league was a big deal back then. We had always had a good turnout, always had a lot of teams and a lot of kids show up. And most of those kids that we played with then, I mean, they carried into to high school and we all, I mean, we, that's why we really had a lot of chemistry together. So who was some of the coaches out there at in the league when you was go, uh, coming through? Oh, let's see, my dad, um, we always had a really good team. And then uh, uh, Brian, Coach Brian Raymond, um, that he coached Little League Baseball with us. And uh, who else was out there with us? Grady CJ Smith. was out there. Yeah, Grady Smith was out there. Uh, it was always kind of the same group of guys. Coach Hickman, yeah, Coach Hickman was out there, you know, because he always had a kid in every age group. So, I mean, he probably had, you know, five or six different teams. But it was kind of always the same group of guys. And those coaches, you know, usually, yeah, just moved up every year until, um, you know, the kid they were affiliated with finally got old enough to play uh, junior high. And then, you know, it was off and running from there. But it was a really tight-knit group, I would say, that, that league we had down there. And, you know, um, I think it kind of you can kind of tell because it produced some really good um, picking football teams. Yeah, I think that's the same way with my kid. Whenever I coached there, you, you kind of good group of parents kind of follow their kids right. through, and then uh, so it's all the same ones. But they, it's a lot of time they put into it, and uh, y'all obviously had some really good ones when y'all were younger, and it showed when y'all got up here in high school. Yeah, I think people underestimate the value of that that little league. You know, like when you're you know putting a lot of time into you like you said and you're building those relationships with the kids and the parents because you know it, it pays off in the end it's like when you don't get up to high school you don't want to be playing with a, a bunch of random kids it's kind of you see that happen in junior college uh when you go play it's just everybody's coming together and you don't really have any chemistry you're only there for two years and the unique thing about it is the first year that you're there you're a freshman and then the next year you're there you're with a you know 50 percent of your team is gone so there's no time to build that chemistry, whereas, like, you know, what we're harping on here is in Little League, and here in Picayune especially, you know, we have one league, so you're playing with a lot of those same kids. You're building chemistry from, you know, six years old, they start letting you play. And then by the time you get to be, you know, in 12th grade, you've been playing with the same guy for 10 years now. So you kind of know, and it, it means a lot more. <clears throat> yeah, because, I mean, we'll get, we can physically get to junior high, but that's where I kind of started helping in uh, Picayune's junior high. And one of the things that Picayune does better than probably any – just about any – definitely any team in the state is you start in Little League and we carry – they carry it on through uh, junior high, right. running the same thing, teaching those kids the same philosophies. Mm -hmm. And then when they get into high school – 
Coach Stogner and, you know, Coach Lee before that, Coach Stogner, it's an easy transition on moving on to uh, teaching them what they need to know. Right. I think that's a mistake that a lot of other places make. They don't put a lot of weight into their maybe their JV or their ninth grade or even all the way down their junior high. They just kind of let whoever run it and don't really pay attention. That's one unique thing about what Picking's always done is you have some of the same coaches that coach high school will coach JV or they'll coach ninth grade or um, and then you have most of the people that are coaching seventh and eighth grade. They're really closely affiliated with the program, so they kind of know how things are going to be ran once you get up to varsity. They know some of the same. Um, schematics and strategy and but more importantly how the program needs to run it's like the mental toughness and the extra effort and all that good stuff yeah they know about that and they're going to implement that starting in seventh grade so then when you get up there it's not a shock you know right so you so now we get through little league and you come to pick you and you're in seventh uh starting junior high so uh i think and you you're in a group that went undefeated seventh eighth and ninth so and so y'all started building. I mean, y'all were talked about out at the park, like we just talked about. Y'all's group was already talking. They were already talking about y'all's group at the park. So then you get in seventh grade. So who coached y'all in seventh grade? Uh, my dad and Coach Hickman. So they, they, you know, they kept going. They, uh, they, they moved up. As I was saying, they kind of moved up with uh, with Ben uh, Ben Hickman, um, and then myself. We moved up uh, into seventh and eighth grade, and they just kind of they stayed there and. I think you were already coaching junior high at that time, though. It just kind of worked out. I was. Uh, Coach Lee had seen me over there when Jacob was a, a, a little fella. I say, ten, eleven years old, nine, nine or ten years old. And you know, I played for Coach Lee here back in the '80s, and uh, he hit me up about coaching in junior high. And I said, "God, Coach, I don't want to do that." And so, next week I come back out and brought him to watch football practice, and he said, "He said, man, I really need somebody." So. Anyhow, I caved in, and man, I just I just fell in love with it. And uh, uh, you know, when we coached three or four years before my kid ever got in junior high, and uh, and Coach Hickman come over and helped, and we were we were coaching, and uh, we took a we took a program that was not doing very well uh, at the time, and turned it around, and that group went twenty four and zero in three seasons, uh, and uh, we we were dominant, uh, dominant. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just talking about like y'all actually had to find another league to play in at one point, didn't y'all? Was y'all was that right before y'all started yeah. with his group? Yes, we uh, they wouldn't let us play in the I don't know what part of the district we had to go to the coast and play and played in their thing and uh, and it was good because they had a championship at the end of the season. They divided up in the east and west and uh, it was good. Uh, we played. Uh, Played in both championship games. Played Pascagoula, who we always seem to play, and in, in, in one of them, and, and had a rough time with them. But we ended up getting them in in the championship game, and played Ocean Springs one year. And um, so it mixed up five A and six A, and and that's how it, that's how it went. So yeah, that's exactly that's how it is. Still, they still play in that Coast Division. So in your junior high years, uh, Jacob, what what's the fondest memories you had playing junior high football at Peking? I just remember how good we were. I think it was just really, uh, I think it was really unique to be that, to have that much success that young on and uh, in, in your football career, you know, and you, you kind of don't really recognize what's happening. You're just kind of going out there playing like, oh, we won that one. Oh, we won that one too. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, we, I guess we're kind of good. But then it's time to do eighth grade again, and um, you know, you're good again. And but we just had some really good like players and we play with all the same guys but you know you don't really realize how you know good those kids were until you know, like the time we had and he didn't even play high school with us we had chuck baker 
And this kid was like 6'4", uh, probably 170 pounds in seventh and eighth grade. And he, I mean, you could hand it off to him. And he, I mean, he would just go and just go and go and go. And we, I mean, he was like the dominant pick you and running back that we always have in high school, but we had him in junior high. And he ended up moving and going to Slidell. He played the rest of his, his high school career in Slidell and then went on to play at LSU, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just remember how good we were. I remember how just it, we're being so good, but it not really mattering. You're just having so much fun, you know. And, uh, like, just taking – that's, like, truly taking every game, like, just one game at a time. You just want to go out there and win. And then at the end of the year, it was like, oh, we, we won them all. Look at there. <laughs> you know, it's kind of unique. Yeah, that's a fun time. I, yeah. I enjoyed it being out there. I, almost, I mean, it took me a while to quit. I went through with my son, and then after he did two years there, and he played ninth grade, and he quit football. But I kept helping. It was just so much fun watching the kids. And I know Frank probably see it too, and you've probably seen it some in your grade. Didn't play much in seventh grade. You get to see them, you know, it's fun watching them develop and them coming to high school. Maybe their senior year might be the only year they really play, but then they become players. So it's, right. it's, it's a really fun to watch those kids grow and develop. And I'm sure with y'all's group, it was really special because, I mean, everybody had high expectations on y'all coming through. And I mean, coming from the park, coming through there. And then you get into ninth grade and man, y'all still are rolling through. Uh, coach uh, Breland coach y'all in ninth grade. Yeah, Who was assistant coach? Breland coach? and Coach Ogner. Okay. Yeah, so both of them coached. And that's what I was saying, kind of like with Picune, it's just, it's very unique because the high school coaches will often help with the lower so ninth grade or jvs it's not just pawned off to whoever and i think a lot of other high schools i know other high school you know people that i've played with before they've uh they've had that happen they've you know we've talked about it just kind of just in passing especially in junior college um where they said yeah like our seventh eighth grade team was a joke and it was like you know the same person that taught science was you know not in a good way like i know these guys still teach school but just like somebody that had no relation to the football program was often pawned off to coach junior high or even ninth grade football so you know, a lot of times they're not really investing. I think that's what Picune does a good job of. It's like we had Coach Breland and Coach Stogner that would go and they would spend all their time, you know. So they're basically doing two-a-days. They would practice with us in ninth grade, then they would come out here and do it again with varsity. And uh, you can just tell. You can tell how much it, it pays off in the long run when you get when you get out here on Friday. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And Coach Breland's one of my most favorite people. Uh, I talk to him pretty regular. Um, he's at – assistant I mean, he's a principal at the junior high now and i don't think they could have a better person up there at the junior high talk about somebody who absolutely cares about the yeah. kids i bet you could go over there and ask jen what this kid's name's walking up if he's at the junior high i guarantee he knows his name so i bet he knows every kid's name up there it's just a good thing talk a little bit about playing for coach breland coach breland was really unique in that uh when you interacted with him everything wasn't about football it was just like you know he would he would joke around and laugh, and he didn't. It didn't always have to be so just intense. Like a lot of times, you get called up, especially you know just being in the field house and being on the practice field and with games. A lot of times, especially on pick you, I mean, pick you, man, we're we're all about intensity and just grinding. And, and because Breland kind of he he broke the ice a little bit. It was more late and in a good way. He was it wasn't like you know goofing off, but he was just more laid back right. and. It just seemed like he cared about the relationship he was building with you more than just what you were doing on the field, producing on the field. But at the same time, you know, when when game time kicked off, man, he was, you know, he wanted uh, he wanted us to have success. But uh, man, he was just unique, and uh, it's hard to find uh, coaches like that that can goof off and you know play jokes and stuff like that. 
and love on you a little bit, but at the same time, when you mess up, they're going to let you know. Right. And they want they want to see you grow as a player and as a man. And he found that balance really well, I think. Yeah, I think ninth grade was a perfect spot for him because I remember just Caleb playing for him and then the stuff he would tell him, I really can't say on the thing, you know, just, just guy stuff, you know, as far as like you growing up. Right. And it's like you said, it's life stuff, not, yeah. not football, football related. And I know, I can't remember, I think it was Preston when I was on the sideline one day and he told me, he said, you know, you know uh, the only – the only coach over here that Coach Lee never yells at is Coach Breland. And I said, I'd have started to notice. I'd never seen him yell at Coach Breland ever. And he said, that's because Coach Breland's crazy. <laughs> I said, man, I said, that's, that's cool. But he said, I, I'm almost positive that was Preston that told me that. But, He's probably right. So going through your ninth grade year, y'all ended up winning the championship through that. And uh, any highlights from the ninth grade year other than just the championship? No, nah, I mean, again, I think it was just uh, you could really speak on how close we were, we all were. We just had played together for so long, uh, and we really had a, a, it was just a really good chemistry with those guys. And then you get involved with, with Coach Breland and Coach Stogner, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. Like those times where you kind of look back and it's just like that was just pure football. It's like there wasn't so much stress involved with what so like what defense they're going to come out in or you know what they're going to do when we run this play. It's like once you get to those higher levels, man, it's not you want to focus on just the game, but it's so much more than just the game. It's about your whole schedule and how this is going to align with this, and you know trying to get to class and you know do this. But you know junior high and ninth grade football, you're just going out there to play the game. It didn't matter. You can go eat Betty K's before the game. Now you know once you get to like varsity, it's a certain pregame meal, and it's this, and then you know it's that, and it's recovery and ice baths and you know massages, and then you got a whole schedule. But ninth grade football is like let's just go play. Let's go play. Right. We'll have a chili bun before the game and, and, and a Coke, and we'll go play. Come yeah, that's, a, that's the last year of that. <laughs> exactly. Remark, because I would eat those pregame meals that Dot had, and they were the same. Every year I helped, they were exactly the same. They never changed. He would not change them. So, and then he would, you wouldn't eat before them either. So you, you ate it because you, maybe you didn't want it, but you was hungry by the time you got <laughs> exactly. it. So. Some dry chicken and mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Yellow-looking chicken yeah. and a roll and mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah, so it was even the same thing back when you played, Rick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. started that. Wow. I didn't know it went back that far, but I figured it probably did. That's funny. So you get into high school, and y'all, you know, y'all, only sophomores but you're you know y'all's group I mean obviously has I mean they're looking for big things either sometime through your years so how'd y'all sophomore year go uh I think the sophomore year was probably the most disappointing out of all the years because we had our group that had a lot of expectation and talent you know supposedly coming up and then that senior group they had tons of talent I talk about that senior group all the time they had tons of talent that year they had Jamal and Creshawn and Maurice and Joel and you can just go down the list of guys that you know had so much talent and we get up there with them and we're trying to you know combine everything and build that chemistry and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of expectations around that and I think uh I think we might have got a little bit ahead of ourselves looking back on it I mean we used to there was a lot of just talking about how we were going to win state starting in the beginning of of the year and when you start focusing on that early on, it that usually kind of blinds you from doing, you know, taking the small steps that you have to take throughout the year. Um, that comes when you do the, the little things right, when you win each game, when you practice hard, you know, week in and week out. Then we'll start talking about state. But I remember very clearly about uh, how 
how early on we talked about state. And a lot of that is like you said, you have expectations. Every group has expectations and people have been watching them since literally, oh, this is the year. And so you go around town and people are telling you, yeah, you know, this is y'all's year. And so then that kind of carries over. Um, we didn't do a good job of preventing it, but it carried over onto the field with us. We let it get to our head. And I think early on, I just remember people talking about state on the field and that's usually, it's usually not a good sign, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I know, especially when it's been, you know, that long since Picune had won one and Dodd having such good teams throughout. I mean, teams that um, could have been close to – or were close. They had some that went really close to making it to state. And then uh, for y'all's group to come in, you're, you know, everybody's just going to have that feeling. And then I think y'all – if I'm not mistaken, it was – did Van Cleve – y'all lost to Van Cleve that year yeah, in the Van playoffs. Cleve. Yeah, so yeah. we get them next, next week. So, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. I think it was like uh, – that might have been Van Cleve's not, – not to put a sour note on the whole thing, but I think that might have been Van Cleve's first playoff win ever or something yeah. like that. It was something ridiculous. Like, it just shows you how – like, not to put down on Van Cleve either, but it just shows you how focused we weren't – you know, we That's weren't exactly focused for that. You, uh, you, when you lose your focus and you're starting to, you know, set your eyes on the prize that's a little, you know, more distant – you just, I mean, it's cliche, but you start to overlook guys. Like you start to overlook teams, and you know, a team like Van Cleve, Van Cleve can slip in because all they're focused on is picking. And like, they're, it's like a daunting task to them. So right. they think, you know, we really got to be focused on this. We have to play this game. Whereas we're looking at, oh, it's just Van Cleve. We're, we're kind of preparing for Macomb or whoever's next already. And that's how you get beat. You know, it happens. Yeah, you know, it happens a lot at higher levels, a lot more at higher levels. Um, but it, it got us early. I can just tell you, you got us early. So you, you had a disappointing sophomore year. You come into junior year, and I, I know you talked a lot about this, so we won't go great, great detail, but um, you, you know, you're talking about like, okay, you're coming in, and now people are still saying, hey, this is still the group. You're only juniors. So how did – I mean, I'm just going to ask, how did you all handle that as you all kept winning throughout the season? I mean, I, it's a pretty big deal to uh, carry that. So I think it was uh, – I personally think it was kind of – when we lost as sophomores and that senior group moved on, I think it was kind of a, like a monkey off of our back a little bit because it was like, oh, okay, maybe this team is – maybe we've got to wait till this team is senior. So then we go into that – our my junior year, and there wasn't a lot of expectation. I don't remember there being. I remember people telling us, oh, y'all are too young. And I was talking about this with Kerry. We, had, we did have a young team. We had an offensive line that had no seniors. We were four juniors and a sophomore and a quarterback that was a junior, and a backfield that had one senior and the rest was juniors, and we had two senior wide receivers that, you know, impact the play, what, once or twice a game? And then, you know, you go over to the defense, we had two really good senior linebackers that anchored the defense, and then everywhere else, you can probably, in a senior uh, defense lineman in Chad, everywhere else there was it was juniors. Oh, and our two senior uh, cornerbacks. Yeah. And, but. I mean, that was a really young team. So I just remember going into that, people telling us, oh, y'all are too young. You know, it's going to be next year. And that leads into what happens our senior year. But that junior year team, I just remember there not being a lot of expectations. We were just so – I think we just kind of took that as, oh, okay, well, we'll see. We'll just go out there and we'll play and we'll see. So we did. We went out there and we played Gulfport first game of the year. Gulfport, you know, big bad Gulfport, they were 6A at the time, I think. They're still 6A. Six, it's still 6A. So we go out there and we play them, we beat them. And we beat them pretty bad. I remember it was like 14 points maybe is what it was. And uh, like we beat them handily. And uh, then we played uh, – I, I mean, I, then we played Pedal with Anthony Alford, another 6A team. And we beat them too. So then all of a sudden you're like, huh, thought we were too young. And you kind of get a little bit of confidence about yourself. 
and not in a bad way it's just like maybe we were under like underestimating ourselves we were kind of second guessing ourselves maybe thinking what if these people are right what if we are too young what if we're a year away then we go out there and we're just kind of playing hard we're just doing what van cleve did to us we're just playing every game playing our best every game and we realize that our best is kind of good and then you know you just go through the schedule and you have some downs you lose to ocean springs but i mean you play, played our guts out it took them like a last second you know uh fourth and one to, they converted to run the clock out i think and uh, they beat us by one possession it was like four points but i mean i think that team uh had a chip on its shoulder i think a lot of people were saying maybe we were too young and our group was the year that we were going to do it and i just remember those seniors kind of taking initiative to say no nah, i think we'll do it this year and especially after we played a couple of those you know 6a schools that were supposed to be really good and i was like oh okay i think maybe we can and uh that group did a good job of not reading the newspaper it was like oh, okay well eventually people did would start telling you oh y'all are kind of good like no not yet we're not good yet so all right we, so you, we get to the playoffs and how was the feeling once you got to the playoffs you know moving through and then when did you realize that hey really you think man we we, we got a shot at this i think it was once we beat pascagoula again because pascagoula has always been tough and then you have to play a team twice in our offense so, you know, that's what I was talking to Kerry was about was you play a team twice in this offense where you know we're not going to change anything, but they're going to change everything. So then you come out and they can be in a completely dif different defensive front, you know, running completely different stunts, but our offense is going to stay the same. So they have the upper hand when you play us twice, you know, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I think once we beat Pascagoula twice, um, that was when I kind of knew. I was like, oh, okay, maybe we're, maybe we are good. Like maybe we are, we do have a shot at this. And uh, and it doesn't help that we were going to play this bunch in the right. South State. We were going to get them at home. I mean, like, I think I, I think everybody knew. Like when we took the field that day, man. I remember the kickoff was like a touchback or something, and we got the ball first. And I just remember going out there, and I remember watching their defense jog out on the field, and they were kind of just looking around, like take, you know, still taking it all in. And we were ready to just pound it down their throat, like we were locked in. And they were still kind of, they were still kind of like spooked right. by like surprised maybe that they made it to South State. And we knew, like we knew we were supposed to be here, and they were just in the way. And I think that that kind of caught them off guard. But when we beat Pascagoula the second time, I knew we were good. I knew we had it. Like so, I knew we had it in us. So you get to State and you're playing Starkville. So I know the first play was the one you talked about on the radio, and yeah. is a. Uh, was Dez, right? Dez, right. Dez yep. up the middle of the quickie. Right. Um, so how did uh, I mean in that game? When did you like? When did you really start feeling like you were gonna y'all were winning this thing? I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I told uh, Kerry this before the game. I was questioning things. They came out and they was big and they had a lot of people. Yeah, you know, like picking teams are usually pretty small. Usually have like forty players. Yeah. They probably had like seventy five to hundred players you know you get off the bus and you walk out there and there's just 40 of y'all and you see like they had a stretch line and their stretch line started at the 50 and went all the way through to the end zone i just remember I, that's the first thing i remember was looking at their stretch line and just seeing how many kids they had and it just kept going i think they might have brought their ninth grade team i don't know maybe they were trying to intimidate us but was a lot there, <laughs> it probably worked because i remember looking out there i'm like oh man they like they're big and yeah you know, i just but there's kind of like that false security in what you run you're like why is this working? Like, it's just so simple. There's no way this should be working. And 
Uh, I did second guess a little bit when I walked out there. I, I was like, man, I don't know. But then it was just that play. When we when we busted that play open, I just remember hitting the – sorry, I remember hitting the linebacker and uh, watching Dez, just watching his numbers go down the field. And I, I just remember watching their defense kind of just deflate, poof, you know, after that happened. Because that's what I talked about. When we go out there, usually first play of the game is going to be the quickie. It's by design. It's a very simple play. It's easy to block. You know how to block it no matter what they come out in. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you're leaving the backside linebacker unblocked. It's not designed to go for 70 yards. Right. It's designed to get three or four yards, show us what defense you're going to come out in, and then we'll go from there. And But we, I mean, we fired off the ball. I don't think they just realized how, you know, fast it was going to happen. And sure enough, you know, he busts it, and that's what I knew. I knew that they were going to be in trouble. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout like it was. I think we kind of won the game pretty right. handedly, but I knew they weren't going to stop us. I knew it was going to be last person with the ball. That's what I kind of thought. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I remember walking in the stadium. I mean, I, I wasn't helping that time, but I'm walking in, and they're just going – their team's warming up, going nuts, pointing at the fans as they're walking in. Like, they were – Hammers and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was the wildest thing. I mean, me and uh, Tiffany Moy, we're walking by, and we're like – <laughs> looking out and they're just pointing at us like like we're gonna be playing them i just remember it i mean i couldn't imagine you're lining up against them and even the coaches were pointing at us like i mean they were very intimidating yeah. and so y'all win state your junior year and go into the senior year um so i mean you're obviously everyone's thinking well we're gonna just we're about to win it again yeah. so uh i'm gonna go up skip up to the pascula the first game it was a tv game i remember that so we put we go to pascula and it's on tv and man, I mean, we just—I I mean, there ain't no easy way to say it. We we beat the brakes off of Basgula that game. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, how how were y'all feeling after that? Being—I mean, you didn't know you'd end up playing them again, but how how was that feeling after that game? It was a TV game on a Thursday night, right? Yeah, that was when it was, it was a weird thing. Yeah, I, and we played down there, and yeah, we beat them pretty bad. I think we put up like fifty points or so, and. Uh, yeah, it was surprising. Like it was, you know, it just felt easy. Like it felt easy beating them like that. And I remember, you know, we obviously remember Pasagula from the year before. They're, you know, they're a pretty good team. And I knew some of the guys on Pasagula's team just from them being, you know, pretty good players, and they were going to go play the next level. So you kind of you interact with them a little bit. And I just thought, you know. I thought we were really good. I thought we were really good in that. Right. <laughs> I did. I'm not gonna lie. I thought we were pretty good. I thought we had. I thought we had a good shot. And uh, so, do you do you think that played a big role in the second time y'all played them? I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And then again, it doesn't help when you have to play them twice. But um, and also yeah. they were a good team. It wasn't that they weren't a bad team. It's just uh, yeah. they just weren't very good that night. Yeah, I think. Um, just everything coming into play and combined with last year on how once we got to the playoffs, it was just, you know, it was like once we beat Pascagoula, then everything else would just, it clicked. So I think we were kind of like, oh, we're going to get through this. And then we were already looking ahead at who we were going to play on South State. Um, I think, yeah, I think that did that did get to us a little bit. So, all right, so we get through there and y'all were undefeated all the way through to through right. the playoffs, that's correct? that's the other thing. It's so hard to stay on. You need that. You need that setback. You need something to happen to kind of bring you back down to earth. It just when it all goes so good and you're just rolling and everything's, you know, sunshines and rainbows. It's just that 
you need something to happen to just kind of pop the the air balloon off of your head a little bit and we didn't get that we we were just good all through the regular season and that i think that kind of bit us in the butt too a little bit right so we get through the playoffs you're undefeated you play past gula and i mean it's your last high school game um how was that i mean i know it had to be devastating feeling i mean even though you got a state championship you've already had that as a junior but to go out that way and also we had to we had to play them there didn't we yeah yeah they changed the rule on that now like now we now they would have had to come to us which would have been better right but that, that was also a bad thing you're you beat them so bad at their place you're district champs and then you got to go play them in the playoffs which doesn't make any sense so but how was that feeling after that game uh, it was rough. It was rough because uh, I think I realized how much um, I think I realized how like unique high school football was versus what um, versus what was waiting at the next level. And I still had like another game. I was gonna go play the Mississippi Alabama game and everything. But I just I really enjoyed playing here. Like I really enjoyed playing with the guys I played with. And uh, yeah, it, it was it, it was sucked. It sucked losing that game. Yeah, so, uh, all right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back after that, and we're going to get Jacob's uh, college years. If you're looking for granite, quartz, quartzite, or marble, come see Angela Burmaster at Exotic Stones, located at 6985 Highway 11 North in Carrier, Mississippi, or at their brand-new showroom located at 1171 Highway 90 in Bay St. Louis. Angela and her staff will help you select the perfect color scheme and will fabricate and install any residential or commercial project that you have. Angela's low prices and personal touch can't be beat. Also, mention the Talking Ball podcast and Angela will throw in a free sink with your installation. For the carrier location, call 601-798-4334 or for the Bay St. Louis showroom, Call 228-344-3003. The Labor and Delivery Unit at Highland Community Hospital is proud to welcome new babies and support growing families in our community. Our qualified, caring staff, along with state-of-the-art technology, make Highland Community Hospital a wonderful place to welcome your new baby. So call 601-358-9422 to schedule your appointment today or visit highlandch.com forward slash here for you. All right, we're back. We're here with Jacob. We talked about his high school. It ended on a sour note, losing to uh, losing to Pascal in the playoffs, but he did get to play in the uh, Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. And real quick, I, did, I cut it off real quick. How did that go? It was good. We've... Uh... That was a fun. That was a fun experience. We we played uh, played guys like Reuben Foster was on that team, and uh, we actually had them beat. We had them beat. I think they. I think they. I think they lost the next year, and or no, I think I think Mississippi beat them the next year. Because the next year was the first time it had like ever been held in Mississippi. It was held over here, and um, they ended up beating them. But. Uh, yeah, it was good. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. And I met a lot of good guys there. All right, so you leave uh, high school and you go to play at East, East Mississippi. Just talk, just briefly, just give us a description on how East Mississippi was playing there. That was, it was a unique experience. It was tough, uh, 
But when you're going, you know, 12 and 0 and winning a national championship, it makes it a lot easier. And we did that both years. But uh, that was probably the most most growth I'd ever saw in my playing career was between my freshman year and then going to Ole Miss. Just those two years at East Mississippi, because every day, man, you played against guys that were just killers. I mean, we played against Jaron Reed and my roommate DJ Jones and uh, DJ Petway. All these guys that they go on and they play at Alabama or they play at you know Florida or South Carolina. Just SEC. We had SEC talent all across our defense. So it's every day in practice you're playing against these guys that are SEC level guys. And then you get in the game and, you know, you're playing against Coahoma or you're playing against Mississippi Delta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those poor teams, they didn't have near the talent we did. So you're really making your strides in practice. And, uh, yeah, it was a unique experience, man, because you play against these people that, you know, they're they're just there to get somewhere else. So it's, it's weird finding the balance between you want your unique success, but also we do have a common goal of trying to win a national championship. And Buddy Stevens does a good job of – I was thinking about this last night when I was at the game. He does a good job of bringing everybody together by spending it as the more success we have, the more games we'll play. Like you get postseason, you get a national championship. The more film you'll put on tape, the more likely it is to get recruited. Oh, that's, that's smart. Yeah, so that's kind of the way he spends it because otherwise everybody's just out there playing to get a scholarship. You're playing for the name on the back of the jersey, not the name on the front. And uh, so you got to find a way to bring guys together. Um, because it quickly can fall apart. And fortunate for us, we never did. We, exactly. we all understood. Yeah. What, what's crazy, too, is, you know, when I, and I was a 99 graduate, back then we considered JUCO to be the 13th grade, right? Yeah. But at some point between 99 and when you got into junior college, there was this transition where it was basically a farm system for big-time Division One football. And, and, you know, you went to play at Ole Miss, and we you know, definitely want to talk to you about that as well. But it kind of, I think it, once people hear about that you played at East Mississippi, it's last chance you, and this, this documentary comes out, and that's all people want to ask you about, right, is it kind of overshadows the fact that, you yeah. know what, I, I played SEC football. That's a right. really big deal. But that's what got all, the, all of the lore. So what is your best kind of buddy uh, memory or just, you know, something funny or unique that – you could share with our listeners about being at East. Man, I could. We could sit here and talk for another hour about Buddy Steve. Now, I think he had, you probably, probably had more uniforms there, right? More helmets oh, yeah. and uniforms than oh, you had yeah. at Ole Miss. Unfortunately, a lot of body, a lot of the body memories aren't uh, aren't view, like aren't viewer friendly. They involve a lot of language that I wouldn't be able to share with you. Uh, well, we got to see that on the on the documentary. Uh, yeah, you know. and I, I got to tell you, man. People always ask me, like, "Well, is he really like that, or is he just putting on for the camera?" I'm like, "No, he's worse." Like, He's worse than that. I mean, he is more, you know, just hard-nosed than what you see on the film. But, I mean, just something that really sums up how Buddy was. I remember we we went out to practice. We, we would usually start practice around 3.30. And we had a game. We'd have our hard practices maybe like Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, because, you know, it's unique. Your game's on Thursday. So we go out to practice on like a Tuesday, and we're practicing from 3.30 or so. And usually we have about a two-hour practice, hour-and-a-half practice. It gets over around 5.00. So we're grinding out there. It's hot. It's towards the beginning of the season. And we look up, and the you have a, a clock that kind of keeps time and everything. We look up, and the periods are over, and the clocks hit zero. And uh, everybody's thinking practice is over. And Buddy says, uh, <laughs> That's Coach Dodd coming by here to say hey to Jacob. Buddy says, oh, no. He said, uh, we can't, you know, we haven't looked good. Y'all think you're going to roll over whoever we're playing. He's like, go eat dinner and come back. So everybody just loads up and 
he's like, and keep your shit on. So, or keep your stuff on. So everybody just goes and meanders over to the cafeteria, which is a short walk from the practice field, in our shoulder pads, in our cleats, and bring our helmet, <coughs> and we go eat. And once we finish dinner, he says, all right, now let's go. And we jog it back over to the practice field. We practiced probably for, I would say he gave us about 45 minutes or so to eat. We practiced from probably 6 to uh, to 8 o'clock. So we had like a, a five-hour practice, and we had a game in two days, in 48 hours. Yeah, that's crazy. And, Jacob, you know, so you go to Ole Miss, and um, a guy who was a little bit ahead of you, a cousin of mine, uh, another really good stand-up football player here, Anthony Hobgood, um, I spent a lot of time watching him. He was at Ole Miss. They had uh, put him at fullback, and he was there when Eli was there. So I spent a lot of time driving there to go, you know, watch the games and just that environment. It's the SEC. And, man, the thing that stuck out, too, is I would be there, and I would go up to deer hunt while he would be doing, you know, getting up at, like, 5 in the morning running in, like, 20-degree weather. And I remember, you know, he had this old Honda Accord, and it would be so cold that you couldn't get the key in. Like, that's before, like, the, the automatic unlock, you know, controls on your on your keychain just so so cold up there and, and running these figure eights around the campus and i remember the first time that he actually got on the field he was on kickoff return and i asked him i said man it this i'm i'm, I'm awestruck like how is this for you to be out here and he said you work so hard to get here you don't even think about it so was how was your experience was it kind of similar you just you work so hard that you don't really have time to take in i'm, I'm on the field in the yeah, sec that's, here that's and, exactly that's a good way to describe it it's like you've prepared so much for this moment the moment could have never been too big it's like I, this is what I've been preparing for for so long and we're fine you know the, you finally get your name called to go out there and do you know run the plays that you've been running in practice as you know a two for so long and you know everything just kind of dissolves and now it's just your time to get to go play and it's just it's like pure joy man um I think the the more so where you're kind of taking it all in, it's like the first time you run out of the tunnel. Like yeah. you're doing, you know, the lock in the vault and the fans are cheering and and then you run out. Now that is like, oh, wow, like we're here. But when you finally get to go out there and play, I think all of that kind of dissolves. And it's like, man, I've, I've it's like you said, I've prepared so much for this, that this moment could never be too big. It was incredible. I remember being in a game and I don't know how Ole Miss is, film department had these connections with Hollywood but you know they would have someone on the jumbotron yes, yes. famous lead this hotty toddy cheer and we were at the game and I remember the game pretty um like it was yesterday because I'm, I'm standing behind you know I'm sitting beside Anthony's uh, uh dad you know, James which is my uncle and we're, we've already decided if this thing if we win against uh, LSU we're gonna we're, we're storming the field we're jumping over and going we'd already decided that and that was the game if you guys remember that Eli dropped back and his center stepped on his foot yep. and he fell yeah. But they were they were co-SEC champs that year. So I was at that game, and on the Jumbotron, Russell Crowe comes riding out in his gladiator uniform and says, Ole Miss, are you ready? Like, my, my heart was, like, coming out of my chest. It was incredible. <laughs> but just, man, like, that, that atmosphere, it's a, it's a great place, man, to, to go and play. And, again, we can't say enough about that. It's, it's, it's one thing to play football on the next level. It's another thing to play in the SEC, and you were able to do that, man, and, you know, had a really good story career here. So I got to ask you this, too. So, you know, we know Big Frank. We love Big Frank. We do CrossFit. He's a heck of a CrossFitter, too. Um, so your dad, Big Frank, 
Did you ever bench press as much as he did? Who's got the bench press record in the house? I, I would assume that you can squat more than him, but can he I'm still at like the other Olympic lifts like squat or anything, you know, semi-athletic like a hang clean or a power clean or a snatch. I probably have taken that from him long ago. But a bench press man, his chest, he doesn't go down very far. You know, it doesn't take him long and he's reached his chest. So I was never I, I was talking about this with uh, uh, Scott Alsterbrook's son, Aiden, last night, and we were talking about bench. I was never uh, a 400 bencher. I could never bench 400 pounds. He had those pounds. long arms, though, too. I and mean, uh, so I'm up. sure he's got me. Like, I'm sure he's he's got to have bench 400 pounds. Well, I can tell you, we don't, we don't bench press much at CrossFit. We call it Christmas Day for Frank. You know I mean, and <laughs> yeah, when, we, do. when we do it, we come in there, and, you know, look, CrossFit is a lot of um, – it's a lot of gymnastics movements. It's things that's not Frank's strengths, right. and it's not any of our strengths. <laughs> But those guys that are typically really good, they don't like being in there on bench press day because they're going to get embarrassed by the what we call the the big guy. And he was pumping out 275 the last time we did a bench press workout. So I know you got some good genetics that's that's helped you out as well. So um, no, I I definitely wanted to mess with you and ask you about that with the bench press stuff because he's he's still he's still a monster now. Yeah, Yeah, we let we let him walk off, so he didn't even get to hear that. He'll have to hear that on the playback. So uh, at Ole Miss, where was the some of the coolest places you went and played at. I mean, I know Ole Miss itself is really cool, yeah. but uh, every I, I think every stadium is pretty awesome in uh, at, at in the SEC. Yeah. Well, the top two were easy. It was uh, we played uh, Florida in Florida, my or at the Swamp, my junior. No, that was that was my junior year. That had to be my junior year. And then no, that might have been my senior year. That was my senior year because then my my junior year we played Georgia in the uh in the east so my senior year we played florida in the swamp and then my junior year obviously we beat alabama in tuscaloosa so that game is top and that stadium's top i mean there was 110,000 people there it was a night game it was the game day game espn night game on abc i was that was huge that's that was in, that's incredible yeah and you got, you're running out of the tunnel you got people telling yeah. you to go to hell and all this other stuff and then you go in there and beat them and uh i remember eric church was the game day picker he picked Alabama, but after the game, he came in our locker room. And he led the chant, and he did the whole nine yards. I have oh, a picture cool. still I with him. Know that. Yeah, cool. that I have a picture cool. with him in the locker room after the game. And, uh, yeah, that was a fun time. So, Jacob, I, I know, we, you know we've got a lot of LSU fans here in our area, and, and, they, and David's one of them. They say how loud it is. And I have been at an Ole Miss game um, in Death Valley, a night game. So I, I've heard that the swamp is a little bit louder. Um, so what did you find louder? Was it louder it's in Death the way Valley? The stadium's built. It's it's very. It goes straight up. So the fans sit right on top of you, and then the stadium just kind of goes straight up from there. Uh, so everybody's like right there. I mean, like the fans behind the end zone. It's the end zone, and then there's some hedges, and then there's fans right there. But uh, LSU was really loud. The thing about when we played LSU, they blew us out. Like, I remember, I tell people this all the time, I remember jogging in to the locker room at halftime, and Fournette had 217 yards on 12 carries or something insane like that, and he had three touchdowns. Yeah, I, and, I was there for that one. I remember. Yeah. I just remember you. So it wasn't very loud. I remember seeing you warm up. You were like the last player to lead the field in warm-ups. Like, yeah. did, don't you, you used to throw the ball down? Was that you that did that? Yeah, like, With the big so. weighted ball? Like, 
Yeah. I was like, dang, look at Jacob. He's out there really warming up. Yeah. Like, I mean, taking it all in and making sure you're ready. That was cool. Yeah, funny thing about Fournette, too, if, you, if you've noticed uh, last year when he was in Tampa Bay, I started paying attention. If his jersey's pulled up a little bit, you can see he's got his LSU That's pads on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they just take those, those pads with them when they go. But, Jacob, look, you've given us a lot of good information, man. Thanks for your time and great interview. I know you've got a lot of 2011 guys coming over here wanting to get some time with you. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to give you some of that time back before this game starts. But thanks, man. It's been great. Well, I got yeah. one other thing. Well, now you, you've moved to uh, – you move out to Arizona. I think you're planning on moving back, though. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, sometime after the first of next year, my wife's a teacher, so she's going to finish up her school year. Then we're going we're gonna to head back. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do out there? I mean, since you graduated from Ole Miss. I mean, just real quick, I didn't want to leave that out. Yeah, I mean, so I, uh, I do – I'm like a uh, property specialist underwriter, so basically I look at uh, large commercial property risk and try and price out their risk. Uh, it's a pretty boring job, but <laughs> that's what I went to school to do. So, um, yeah, I can do it remotely. So that's kind of what our decision was based on. I recently landed a, a new job, uh, and it doesn't matter where I work now. Oh, so, that's awesome. yeah, they're they're cool with me moving back, and um, we get to be closer to the family. We're ready to kind of start our own family, so it was important for us to, to move back and, and be closer to the to the community and, and my family. So when you come back, you're going to join the gym with us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing some some CrossFit over there. My wife, I before that I was doing a lot of Muay Thai, and then my wife kind of got tired of going to it with me. So I was like, all right, we can do CrossFit for a little while. So all right, so, so we're gonna have to we gotta break one in. It's me and me, 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 Ricky and Frank kind of like a tripod. Like we like when it's workout partner. Day when y'all did a bunch of squat, like squat was the strength. I think I was gonna go to that class, and then we woke up late or something happened. We yeah. had to go to scuba that same day. So. Yeah, that was just yeah yesterday's workout. Yeah. So like. It's, if there's a partner wide, it's, we all three try to team up together. Like we we, we always try to make like, hey, we got this. We Richard, we're gonna do a team of three. So be good to see you out there uh, working out with us, Jacob. And I thank you, thank you again for uh, yeah, all. For we sure. took a lot of time, and I know there's a lot of people here. We've had five people I think come over here wanting to talk to you other than us. So thanks, Jacob.